Welcome to the Battle Cry Podcast with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. You can watch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Convention of States Facebook and Rumble channels. Happy Sunday evening, everybody. Welcome to the Battle Cry. I am Mark Meckler, President of Convention of States. And my call to action for you this week is to pray a warrior's prayer. It's okay, really. I think here in the United States of America and the Western world generally, we've become over-gentilized. Is that a word? Gentilized? Uh, Maybe wussified is a good word. (laughs) Is that even a word? Especially as Christians or people of faith, Jews, I think we've gentled our faith so much. We've taken the admonition to be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove, just to be gentle as a dove. And I think we've taken the masculinity out of our faith. I think if you look back at the Hebrew Bible, at the Old Testament, and you look at the way that the psalmist prayed, some of those prayers are pretty aggressive, and they're pretty aggressive against the enemy. And this is really important that we understand that we can and we should, and in my opinion, especially in times like this, we must invoke the power of God against our enemies. I'm going to read to you Psalm 69, 22 through 28. I know I don't normally read to you guys on here, but I don't have it memorized, and I think it's important because it shows the kind of muscular, kind of warrior, aggressive prayer that we need to pray. I think you can see I'm wearing my Israel shirt. I think we need to pray this on behalf of Israel right now, but not just Israel. We have to pray this kind of a prayer in regard to the enemies of the United States, the people that would take this country down. And by enemies, I mean both enemies, foreign and domestic. So Psalm 69, 22 through 28 says, let their own table before them become a snare. And when they're at peace, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see and make their loins tremble continually. Pour out your indignation upon them and let your burning anger overtake them. May their camp be a devastation. Let no one dwell in their tents, for they persecute him whom you have struck down, and they recount the pain of those you have wounded. Add to them the punishment upon punishment. May they have no acquittal from you. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living. Let them not be enrolled among the righteous. It's pretty aggressive, right? It's a warrior's prayer. And I would argue, if you look at Israel, obviously they are actually at war. And I pray those things in the Lord. I pray that you give Israel the power to crush their enemies, to drive them out of the land, to completely destroy them, to prevent them from ever attacking Israel ever again. It's not a gentle prayer. It's an aggressive prayer. We need that. Lord, drive the evil out of our schools. Crush our enemies. Crush the people that would castrate our children. Crush the people that would put pornography in our libraries, Lord. Crush the people that would push a pandemic upon us, Lord. Crush the people that would weaken our own country, Lord. These are prayers that are warriors' prayers, and we should be bold enough to pray them. I can tell you, I'm praying them every day, and I'm praying them unapologetically. I'm even doing it here online. I'm sure people will archive this, and Media Matters will watch it and say what a bad right-wing Christian nationalist person thing they, them, I am, whatever they want to say. Anyway, pray boldly and pray a warrior's prayer. Let's get into the news. There's a lot of news this week. Let's start with the lying liar who lies, and that is President Biden. Look, this guy's been lying as long as he was in politics, but he told a severe whopper today, uh, this week. I don't even know, honestly, if he knows when he's telling the truth versus when he's lying, if he's just saying what he's told to say. Obviously, he has dementia. But this week, he was asked in a press conference about his contacts with Hunter Biden's business associates. Now, we know that the investigative committee just released a list 
300 and I think it was 370 plus direct contacts, phone calls, emails, meetings with Hunter Biden's business associates. When asked about it, he said it never happened. Those are all lies. What? I mean, even the mainstream media is not making that argument. These conversations obviously took place. And so for him to say, these are all lies, and then he stormed out of the room and wouldn't take any other questions. Look, I think the president's in real trouble here. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not good with the crystal ball, but I am telling you, he is in trouble. The mainstream media is all over this. He did have all these contacts with Hunter Biden's business partners. He did get direct money from Hunter Biden's businesses which he said before he didn't, the mainstream media is playing that, oh, it wasn't that much money, but he did get direct money. There's now a direct money trail. He's in trouble and he can't spin his way out of it because honestly, he doesn't have the mental faculty to spin his way out of it. So he tries to address it by, you know, just not addressing it, but he's in trouble. And I think the committee is closing in on him. Does it mean impeachment? They're talking about now formalizing the impeachment inquiry. I don't know whether that actually happens, but he's in trouble because he is a lying liar who lies. He doesn't have the mental acuity to deal with it any longer. I think the media is not as friendly to him as they have been in the past because they know they're in trouble with his candidacy. So I think this is going to be interesting to follow this story as it unfolds. And as it unfolds, obviously, it's a back and forth between President Biden and his son, Hunter Biden, who is just clearly just a scumbag. I mean, here's a guy who got drummed out of the military for being on drugs you got a woman pregnant out of wedlock who was a crack addict who denied his own child. A really bad, bad dude. Ben corrupt, running around the world, collecting bags of cash on his dad's name, doing dirty deeds for his dad, probably involving his dad. And now there is a nine count indictment for tax evasion and tax fraud in California. And this thing's substantive. This is no joke. He's in serious trouble. It's going to open up all sorts of bad things, not just for Hunter Biden, because it carries up to 15 years in prison. He won't get 15 years in prison for this, but certainly this looks like a pretty open and shut case, in my opinion, from a legal perspective. They're going to say he didn't have the requisite intent because he was on crack. I don't think that flies. I don't think there's much precedent for that. I, again, I doubt he gets 15 years, but I think he's likely to do some time. And I think there are tendrils in this case as the investigation unfolds that are going to inevitably lead to President Biden. And I think they tried to cut this off with the secret settlement agreement that got blown up in court. Uh, this is now all out in the open. Everything's going to be under a magnifying glass. And I think one of the things that you're going to see is you are going to see all of these tendrils leading into Joe Biden's finances. They're slowly being exposed. And as Hunter gets into court, it's going to get a lot worse. Also, you've got one of the investigative committees has now subpoenaed Hunter Biden. He's saying he won't show up. Uh, they're threatening contempt, actual contempt. We'll see what happens there. They actually have the right to throw him in jail if he doesn't appear. So we'll see whether they decide to do that. There is some precedent for that now. Uh, the left has used this against the right. So now the right's using it against the left. Once that cat's out of the bag, it's out of the bag. So I think full court press is on. It's on Hunter. It's on Joe. They're inextricably linked. And I think we're going to watch this over the, unfold over the next several months. We'll see how it affects President Joe Biden's candidacy. So this week we had the fourth undercard Republican debate. I think the ratings were dismal. Almost nobody watched. I didn't watch. Did you watch? I don't think I know anybody who actually watched. Um, a lot of people did what I did. They watched the video highlights afterwards. 
They listened to everything else everybody said afterwards. That's pretty much how I got my information. I wasn't all over it. It just doesn't seem worthwhile. It seems to me at this point almost inevitable. I won't say inevitable. Anything can happen, but almost inevitable that Donald Trump is going to be the candidate for the Republican Party. So watching this seems like a waste of time, except it's amusing, I guess you could say, if you like this sort of thing, if you like watching a train wreck. Uh, what appears to me watching the clips is Ron DeSantis did what he always did, and he appeared presidential. He appeared like he could govern. He's sober and reasonable and rational. Seems pretty unflappable. He did something I absolutely loved, which is he brought up President Calvin Coolidge, the best president maybe in the history of the United States as far as how he governed. He was a, a great president in how he governed. He was truly a conservative, understood the correct role of the federal government in our system of governance. So he brings up, uh, what, do they call, what do they call him, silent Cal? I thought it was very cool. You don't hear people bring this up in presidential debates. I think if you saw Chris Christie, like I just don't know what that guy's there for. It's a personal revenge tour against Donald Trump. I pretty much think that's all it is. Uh, and he's auditioning, I think, for a permanent gig on CNN. I don't mean that facetiously. I, I think that's where he ends up, CNN, MSNBC, something, so he can attack Trump all the way through the election. Uh, he'll probably be co-anchored by Liz Cheney. I don't know, maybe maybe they'll form a no-labels ticket where the two of them can run on a third party. I have no idea, but that's all he did, really, was attack Trump. He also attacked Vivek Ramaswamy. There was a lot of attacking going on there. Uh, he attacked Ramaswamy for attacking Nikki Haley. Ramaswamy was just vicious in his attacks on Haley. And I got to say, like, I normally like Vivek. I like a lot of the stuff Vivek says. The personal attacks on Nikki Haley, those just don't appeal to me. Uh, Vivek's a smart guy. I'd like to see maybe Vivek end up as President Trump's press secretary. I think he'd be a great press secretary. I don't know that I trust him on policy, but I'd love to see him sparring with the press every single day from the podium. I think he'd enjoy it, and I think he'd be really good at it, and I think he'd learn a lot, and I think it would elevate him uh, for potential future runs for office. He's an interesting guy. Uh, okay, so that was the presidential debate. Oh, Nikki Haley, I don't know. I don't even know why she's there. I know people say she's like the hot candidate of the moment. I don't know. Like, she doesn't interest me. She doesn't inspire me. I don't know that she inspires anybody. Although I have to say in the polls, she's running as high as anybody against Joe Biden. Maybe that's because she's so moderate. I don't know. She's just not my kind of Republican right now. So uh, that's the debate. I don't know. If you want to really get into it, you can go watch the debate yourself. Just wasn't my thing. I got a lot to do. You know, Christmas decorations had to go up, so I couldn't watch the debate. In the latest from Israel, you can see I have my Support Israel shirt on, and I am obviously a huge supporter of Israel. It appears that Israel is now about to flood the Hamas tunnel network. Uh, they've got pipes running from the Mediterranean Sea, temporary pipes, uh, and those pipes are headed into tunnels. Uh, and they're going to flush the rats out is essentially what's going to happen. Now, if you've ever lived in a place where you have gophers, you know that this is something you can actually do with gophers. So you can fill gophers holes with a hose. I've done this myself. Shoot them when they come out the other end. It's a good way to thin the gopher population on your property. I had to do this back when I lived in California. And so this is something that is a tried and true technique. And where they're going to flush the rats out of the tunnels, uh, Hamas out of the tunnels. And by flooding them with seawater, they will make those tunnels permanently unusable. There will be no rebuilding that tunnel network. And I think that's an important part of what Israel is doing. 
The left, of course, worldwide is crying out about the environmental devastation. Have you seen what they've done to Gaza? Have you seen what it looks like? Environmental devastation? It's an environmental disaster before Israel ever went in there and started bombing, filling these tunnels. They're worried about what it's going to do to the groundwater. Those in Gaza have already polluted their groundwater so badly it's barely usable uh, because of the way that they fail to dispose of sewage, the way that they've spent all their money on rockets and tunnels and armaments and terror as opposed to building any real infrastructure. So the least of their problems is flooding tunnels under Gaza. I say the Israelis should go ahead and get it done. Let's switch back here to our country and the presidential election. We've been running a feature on the battle cry called Who's Hot and Who's Not. It's kind of our weekly take on the presidential. Do we need to keep doing this? Really? I mean, maybe, I guess, maybe through South Carolina and New Hampshire, maybe we need to do the first couple of primaries, Iowa, maybe. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch what happens. But right now, it's very clear who's hot and who's not in the Republican primary. Who's hot? Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Trump's numbers are up. He's now broken the ceiling that I thought he had in his polling, which is really incredible. His numbers are climbing vis-a-vis -vis Joe Biden. He's now consistently above Joe Biden in virtually every poll. I think there are two polls where he's behind, but in the real clear politics, average of polling, he's up. And in virtually every important state level poll, he's up. Most of the swing states, he's up. He's busted through his ceiling, which I didn't expect him to be able to do. It means that people, especially independents, are coming over to Trump. They've had it enough of, with Biden. They've had it enough of the world being on fire, weak foreign policy, uh, devastation to our economy, inflation, trillions of dollars being spent, all of this stuff, the southern border wide open. They've just had it with Joe Biden. So right now on the Republican field, Trump is hot. Everybody else is not. They're saying Nikki Haley's having a surge. She's ahead of Ramaswamy, but I i mean, she's so far back of Donald Trump, I don't really consider her a surge. And frankly, even if somehow she were to win in, say, Iowa or New Hampshire, maybe even South Carolina, I just don't see the momentum of the race shifting. So maybe we'll keep doing who's hot, who's not. I don't know. It's just not all that interesting anymore. On In uh, domestic politics in Congress, Congress remains an entire cluster, you know what? It's a disaster. Uh, look, I like Mike Johnson. I'm really glad that he's Speaker of the House. Uh, he's got a great profile. He's a devout Christian man. I think he's a really honest dude. Can he possibly get any more done than Kevin McCarthy got done? Or, excuse me, I doubt it. I, I would be stunningly surprised if he got more done. One of the things we're seeing is a fold, it appears, on the NDAA, National Defense Authorization Act, reauthorization, short-term authorization, where they're going to keep abortion in there. They're going to keep trans surgeries in there. They're going to keep the FISA courts in there, which have been abusive to American citizens. That's been proven by the Inspector General's report. This looks like a disaster, and conservatives are calling out Mike Johnson for it. I'm not sure what's going to happen. It's kind of a mess. If you expected anything other than a mess out of the United States Congress, what are you thinking? What are you smoking might be a better question, right? I mean, they've got a big problem there in the Republican majority. Kevin McCarthy just announced his uh, resignation. He's leaving as of December. Their minority is getting smaller and smaller. Their majority, I think they're going to have a two-seat majority or a couple people that are out. How do you hold a caucus together like that? How do you get anything done? How do you get anything conservative done? That's incredibly difficult. So I think they're going to have a super hard time. Like my prayers 
are with Mike Johnson. I hope he gets it done. I hope he can be as conservative as he is in his heart. But that's not looking great right now just because the numbers are stacked against him. And we got to be political realists. we got to fight for what we believe is right, but we've also got to be realistic about it. Let's talk about Convention of States in the world. What's happening? Man, it's been a big few weeks for Convention of States. First, you have Mike Johnson getting named Speaker of the House. Mike Johnson, by the way, was a huge COS supporter when he was in the legislature in Louisiana, gave an incredible floor speech. You can see this on our website. So he is a totally pro, totally active COS supporter, is now Speaker of the House. That's a big deal for Convention of States. Of course, you have Vivek Ramaswamy, Governor Ron DeSantis, two presidential contenders are both endorsers of Convention of States. So all this stuff is going on, all this great stuff. And then you get Heritage Foundation announces its endorsement of Convention of States. The 800-pound gorilla in the conservative room, they step in, they flex their muscles, they say, we're all in on this, and they've changed their position over the years. So we're really excited to have the president of Heritage, Dr. Kevin Roberts, on board personally, to have Dr. John Malcolm, who wrote a great piece about Convention of States, and have Heritage Foundation in our corner. The 800-pound gorilla just stepped into the ring. And by the way, I got to say, this is a total uniting of the conservative movement. And there's some fringe crazy people on the fringes who are against it. But And I, I mean this with all lack of respect at this point. It's fringe crazy people on the fringe of the far right that are opposed to this. But 99% of conservatives are all in. You can look at our endorsers list. You can look at people like Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy. Look at people like Mark Levin and, and Sean Hannity and Ben Shapiro and Pete Hegseth and on and on and on down the list, all the people who are supporters. And so it's been good and we've consolidated the base as we look at it all across the country. If you're not in yet, you got to be asking yourself why. And this should make you ask yourself even more why. Also in the last few weeks, Politico came out with a major hit piece. And the hit piece was against Speaker Johnson and his ties to a radical plot to rewrite the Constitution. You might be wondering who that radical plotter is. It's me, I know. Me and Mike Ferris and Rick Santorum and Convention States and all of you. Apparently, Mike Johnson is plotting to overthrow the Constitution. As opposed to what we're actually doing, which is working to restore the Constitution as framed by the framers of the Constitution which is what we're really doing. So Politico hit peace and then Common Cause went all out against us. Common Cause is George Soros's main policy arm. For over a week, they had their front page. It just said, help us defeat Article 5. They're going after us. They're raising money to stop what we're doing. Interesting, huh? Seems like they might understand what we're doing. They held a series of webinars with a bunch of woke people saying how bad it was to call an Article 5 convention. But they had to say their pronouns before the camera. You notice we don't say our pronouns on here. We think it's kind of obvious, you know, who the men are and who the women are. They they obviously are confused about that because they're confused, mentally ill people. That's common cause. They are opposed. So again, ask yourself, are you on the right side of this issue? If you're a conservative, you are pro-convention estates, and we're glad to have you on board. All right, I'm going to finish up with a Q&A, and I'm going to do a little bit of greatest hits on the Q&A things that I get asked all the time. One of the things that I get asked all the time is, Mark, can we actually make it to the 34 states necessary? You think it can happen? And I'll add a secondary question to that. When will it happen? I'll answer the second one first. I don't know. People also say, will it be soon enough to save the country? I don't know. Because I'm not God and I can't predict the future. I think we have a lot of momentum. 
I think more and more people are coming on board. You see that in Heritage. You see it in Mike Johnson and knowing that he's the Speaker of the House. Uh, you see it in Kevin Roberts with Heritage. Uh, you see it in Politico coming after us and Common Cause coming after us. They know what time it is. They say what a big risk we are to the leftist agenda. <clears throat> so I do believe we can get it done in time. I believe the left knows, and that's why they're so afraid of it. Uh, but you never know. Look, this is a hard fight. We're at 19 states. We have to get to 34 states. I think we'll be at 20 very shortly. Uh, but that would leave us with 14 states to go. It's hard to do. It's supposed to be hard to do. It'll be easier if you get in the fight. It'll be easier if you support Convention of States, both in terms of your work, but also in terms of giving money. Again, you can text the word GIVECOS to 888-444-8774. My fundraising people will be happy that I threw that in. Text GIVECOS to 888-444-8774. It's easier if you help us. When we make it in time, I have no way to know. When we make it, I'm pretty sure we will. I think things look really good. The Army continues to grow. Five million plus. We're in all 50 states. If you want to get involved, go to conventionofstates.com. Click on the petition, sign that petition if you haven't done so already. Even if you've already done so, click on the Take Action tab and get involved at conventionofstates.com. Because we come down here and we close the year. This is my, my closing message for you as we work to close out the year, which is I think we can save the country. I'm very hopeful that we can save the country. I'm a very hopeful guy, generally speaking. I don't think God is done with the United States of America. We've done a lot of bad stuff as a nation. We have a lot to atone for. But I think there is a great awakening taking place. I think you're part of it. I'm part of it. And I think we are going to save the United States of America. But one thing I can tell you for sure is we're not going to be able to do it without you. And I do mean you who are watching this right now. If you're not engaged in Convention of States, if you're not engaged otherwise politically in our system, if you're not running for office or supporting candidates, if you're not getting educated and talking to other people about it, if you're not playing your role, then I can't assure you that we're going to save the country. I can if everybody plays the role that the framers originally intended us to play. And that is we have to be knowledgeable and we have to be engaged in our political system. So if you're not, it's a good time of year to make that New Year's resolution. You are going to click on the button. You are going to sign the petition. You're going to click on the Take Action tab. You are going to get engaged in Convention of States. Uh, I appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for sharing Sunday Night Battle Cry with me. And we'll see you next week on the Sunday Night Battle Cry. God bless you guys. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. Thank you for listening. <laughs>